I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Dream Factory, the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. The rules here at the Dream Factory are simple. We can discuss as many of your ideas as we like, but only one can be taken through to the next stage where the cash it raises will be used to fund a disastrous rebrand. I'm Joel, a man who puts the tit into Elon Musk has done it again. And across from me is John Harris, a man who is so afraid of change and rebrands that he still calls his breakfast Snickers a marathon. Hello, John. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's tough when I'm telling people I'm going to a marathon this weekend and they're very disappointed when I just eat a chocolate bar. But Just eat a chocolate bar. John, John had three marathons this weekend. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty impressive stuff. <laughs> I'm actually having a half marathon this weekend, but more on that later. Half a chocolate bar is not impressive, John. How I've told you many times before. <laughs> but I mean, it is when you consider I've got a deadly allergic uh, reaction to peanuts. I'm, get, I'm, taking, I'm taking myself to the brink this weekend. Good fun, isn't it? The when you see the X when you log into Twitter now, you see oh, that X everywhere. Really good fun. It's very confusing because a lot of the words still say tweet. Sh- Twitter. Sh- shall I shall I bring you our first movie idea because it's relevant to this, and then we can get the ball yes. rolling. This one comes from Martin X Men: The True Story of the Rebranding of Twitter. Very good, very good. So it's the only people left working at Twitter are mutants. <laughs> is that right? Is Elon Musk? Elon Musk, I guess, is kind of the Magneto guy. Yeah. But instead of having, here's his superpower, instead of having the ability to manipulate metal, everything he touches turns to shit. Oh. He's like, he's like Midas. The, the shyness touch. Every single touch. thing he touches. <laughs> yeah, the touch. Everything he touches turns immediately to shit. And uh, he's got together a band of brave warriors to help him rebrand his latest acquisition, Twitter. Shitter. Uh- we won't we won't make any sort of specific uh, allusions to what I might be discussing, but we were having a chat yesterday, me and Joel, over WhatsApp about. I would love the idea of selling a company for loads of money and then just watching the people afterwards burn it to the ground. Yeah, it's interesting that you don't really seem to care too much about legacy or not, anything uh, like that. You're happy to build an empire, sell it to someone, <laughs> and then for that empire to be stamped out of existence and burn, I, which is, I guess, quite satisfying. I think it's more because by that point I've sold it, so I've give like I've had to have in some way given it up. And You've done so your I've, bit. 
Yeah, and so I sort of think there's an element of of you can s- sort of sit back going, hey, see, it's not that easy to run, is it? That's true. That's true. And you kind of took it to its peak. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. I, and I mean, the thing, the issue here is, whatever you think about Elon Musk, and there is one way that I think. <laughs> I think anyone mm-hmm. listening to the podcast probably knows how we feel about Elon Musk. But whatever yep. you think about it, he he is he's built like a, a villain. Like he is it's yeah. he's a billionaire from sort of yeah, okay, he made a lot of money, but he had a lot of money from the beginning. And I believe there's some sort of allegedly some blood diamonds in his past. Emeralds, John. Sorry. Come on. Uh, they're not the most precious. I mean, yeah, people uh use that as a stick to beat Elon with you know they say he's the money he came from uh, in South Africa but people look it wasn't a diamond mine it was pretty rough for Elon it was an emerald mine <laughs> um, that's tough going man like that's like you know he's he only he was only brought up on emerald money not diamond money you know like I don't see anyone criticizing the ruby miners out there of the world I I think to have get to where he's got just on the back of emeralds it's pretty impressive and like he's used some of his millions to create flamethrowers and stuff it's just it, it sort of yeah, you know, yeah yeah the optics are a bit villainy so yeah i think he I, lives I think in that volcano exactly. he's got a pet shark the thing is that they're not unbelievable statements i think if if someone if a, someone the journalist told me i've heard that he has a shark in a tank yeah i could I'd believe be like, yeah. in some sort of like mad climate denial move he would choose to live in a volcano the hottest place on earth to prove that human life uh, as as i prepare myself to live in live on mars i'm going to spend the next two years living in a volcano to prove that it's okay for humans to live in a volcano it's really what's I, the end I, goal do you think like he'll upload himself to some sort of computer i don't know i don't know because they're, like- they're obsessed all the billionaires are obsessed with living forever but they've all got pretty different approaches to it right there's that guy there's that guy recently I'd never heard of before who goes viral all the time now because he has like an insane routine to stay young. Yeah. Where he eats like 900 calories a day all before 11 a.m. He's like regularly getting like, is it his son's blood pumped into him? It's all oh, I don't like know about far- that bit. Yeah, well, this is probably all pretty libelous, but I'm pretty sure he's farming <laughs> children <laughs> so that he can harvest their organs and their blood. No, but he's got this insane routine, exercise diet, and yeah. like, he goes and has all of his blood replaced. And um, yeah, he's like, he's, is he 42? And he says that he's 42 with the body of like an 18-year-old. But I've never, he looks like a thin, he just looks like a thin 42-year-old man. Yeah, I yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. And he's got this sort of like unbearable lifestyle so that he can have a liver that's eight years younger than it should be and you think yeah. congrats i guess it's uh whereas musk right musk isn't looking after himself he's wasn't there that famous photo of like there was nine like he had like nine diet cokes on his bedside table or whatever so oh, he's not gosh. he's not going for the he's not going for the body of an 18 year old i reckon his end goal is like have you seen that giant orb they've put in las vegas He's going to upload his consciousness. I think he wants to be the orb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think Elon Musk ultimately will become the orb. uh, And it'll be like a Big Brother style scenario. Zuckerberg is going to become the ultimate fighting robot. Yeah. Like from the movie Real Steel, everyone's favorite Hugh Jackman vehicle. Still waiting on the sequel, Real Steel 2. Can't wait. (laughs) So Zuckerberg's going to become the ultimate fighting robot. Elon Musk, the orb. The guy who definitely farms kids for their organs Mm. is 
gonna live forever. The good news about the libel, the the, the various bits of libel you've said against the guys, I don't think you've ever mentioned his name or any companies work for or anything. So I think legally we're fine. You can't trace. He it would back have to him. identify himself. He would have to say. He would have yes. to say, "I'm the guy who harvests children," <laughs> and you're leveling these accusations at me. So that's pretty sweet, actually. I can't remember his name. Um, he's probably got some rich guy's name. So yeah, those are the plans for the billionaires. And, <laughs> good. Uh, Elon Musk is everything he touches turns to shit, and that's his superpower. So maybe he makes Tesla fashion him some gloves so that he can go about his business. But then when the day takes over Twitter, he loses the gloves, and that explains why it's all been an absolute fucking shitstorm since then. Uh, yeah, he put on the fingerless versions. Didn't really think. He put on the fingerless gloves. Good stuff. Hey, how about this one from? Me. It's not from me. It's from Danielle. Zero Dark Thirsty. CIA operatives go looking for Osama Bin Laden, but Chris Pratt's character forgets his water. Mm. We're in the desert without any water. But the thing is, right, I reckon Chris Pratt's new to the team and he doesn't want to say, I left my water. What else would you definitely, what else do you think operatives are taking to the desert? I imagine quite a lot of lip balm. Mm. Yeah. Is there like, is there like a real honesty between them and they just say it? Or do you think there is like an embarrassment of the like? There's an embarrassment. I think if you're the new guy and you've forgotten your water bottle, you are not going to say a word. And so the film is just him progressively progressively getting thirstier and thirstier and thirstier and drinking from more and more dubious sources of water, maybe hallucinating, becoming increasingly <laughs> sick, but just constantly covering it up. I quite enjoy the fact that this insight into Joel is that the first thing that um, CIA operatives need is water and the second is mm-hmm. lip balm. Your, hey, your lips are going to crack. <laughs> aren't they you don't want anything anything to distract you i also reckon if you've got a slash wound now i'm not this is not medical sound medical advice but if you got a slash wound and you covered it in vaseline yeah i think it i think it'd be okay i feel Do like i've seen it that. at home uh, if, that? Mm, feels bare grillsy doesn't it i know that mm. the famous thing is that super glue was invented as a like an instant plaster have i ever talked about my favorite london landmark <laughs> weekly <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's that, it's that feature we did. My favourite London landmark. Um, no, so if you if you leave Liverpool Street Station and go through what I think is called Bishopsgate, as if you're walking towards Aldgate, that main road that runs all the way up to Old Street Roundabout, you're going through the back cup throughs near Bishopsgate. There is a fancy hotel opposite a bowling green. I hope everyone's paying close attention to the worst directions <laughs> ever given. If you walk along the road between the fancy hotel and the bowling green that leads toward the road that leads towards Old Street, I, just outside of the hotel, there is a tiny, because they're always tiny, super glue bottle that's been stamped into the ground. And it has been there for, I think, 10 years. Oh, and that's every amazing. Time, every time I'm in the area, I go and check it out. I don't stand on it or kick it because I obviously worry but it's just been stamped it must have been stamped on when full and exploded and no one's ever dealt with it and it's there and it it's like a really a real anchoring reassuring part of my life is the fact that that has been there that's lived in London for probably the same amount of time that I have and I used to walk that way to work every single day and I'd always give it a little nod and a salute <laughs> like hey we're both still here and it survived snow heat waves nothing's melted it nothing's destroyed it no street cleaners have spent enough time trying to because you probably have to remove the paving slab at this point right mm. um, and so yeah that's my favourite London landmark I would rec- I always recommend it to people when they're coming to town for the first time <laughs> I say make sure you go and check out the tiny super glue um, you know sure Houses of Parliament the Tate catch some theatre in the West End but you must must 
go and see the super glue tube that's near Flight Club and Barry's Boot Camp in <laughs> uh, in the centre of town. Should there we do well, right? If we ever had the time, we should do a TikTok video. It's like London's thought, hidden I gems. Thought, I, thought, yeah, I thought you were going to say a live show no. at the Super Glue. <laughs> no, like also a, little, a good idea. Yeah, both uh, are good. I, I might start doing tours. <laughs> Let me know if you'd be up for Joel's favourite London landmark tours. They are they are all on a par with the Super Glue. <laughs> Uh, so let's let's see if we can get that going. I, I reckon I'd do it. I'll do it for free, but it'd mm. be a tip-based tour. Um, just going way back, I think there's some. I think he's really forgetful. So he's also he's thirsty because he's forgotten his water. But they get to the compound and they're like hand hand over the mine, and he's like uh, about that. <laughs> and he opens his bag. What would be in his bag? It's just like <laughs> loads of Lego or something. <laughs> And he like he's face to face with Bin Laden, and he's the only one left. And he goes to his gun holster. It's <laughs> a banana. <laughs> That's good. That's and fun Chris, stuff. And the thing is, Chris Pratt can do the action hero, and he can do the comedy, so we're fine. We need to get some more comedy out of that guy. Can I look? I'm actually a bit worried. I don't think our listeners are these type of people, but I'm actually quite worried about the super glue tube. You think they'll go and kick it? I don't know, man. Someone might go and dig it up. Listeners. Just know the level I gave of such, that it'll bring Joel. I gave such brilliant specific directions. <laughs> I might as well give it delivered the what three words <laughs> of where that superglue tube is. The exact longitude and latitude. I'm a bit worried someone's going to go and steal it. But don't, please. If you're near it, please get a photo with it. Get a photo with it. This is Joel's retirement plan, so don't don't nick it, right? Those I'm, tools are yeah, going to be... I'm a little him- bit stressed. It's okay. Into his old age. We have. Sh- there's no one listening to this podcast that is the sort of mean spirited person that would go and remove a super glue tube. I don't from a think so. There's no. no way. It's like a bank. Should we do some more? Should we do? We some- it is a bit a little, like a bank. Little, a little plastic um, glass cage around it. Put a glass cage around it. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. I might do that immediately after we've recorded. John, we should probably do some more film ideas. I feel like we've done two, and we're yes. getting we're near to what I like to call the end of the episode. <laughs> Uh, this one comes from Oscar. It's called The Flush. So I guess like superhero, toilet-based superpowers. Oh, The Flash. Wow. The Flash has created such small cultural footprint that I <laughs> had absolutely no idea what The Flush was a play on. I was the like, Flush. Rush? That film about the F1 drivers? The Flush. He'd, okay. He'd be in a good superhero team with Elon's X-Man. If Elon he turns were- into shit, The Flush flushes it. Yeah. <laughs> that no one can stop us. <laughs> Provided we're near decent plumbing. <laughs> the flush. Okay, it's the f- world's fastest toilet. Wait, so I the superhero is Which like I an think anthropom- you find on trains and aeroplanes. <laughs> the the superhero is an anthropomorphized toilet. Yeah. Little face running around on its little legs. Exactly. Okay. Armistice Shanks comes to life. <laughs> and, and at one point he does stab someone and Elon goes, Oh, <laughs> Armitage really does shank. <laughs> Yeah, that's good stuff, man. I, I think if you've got a flush that powerful, what does he do? Does he like suck people in? You yeah, know how think... you use a toilet on a train and you kind of hold onto the sides when you press the flush because <laughs> it is so powerful that you're worried that you'll yeah. disappear down it. It's kind of like that's his power. He flushes with such intensity that he, he makes you disappear forever. <laughs> I've just realised he's... Okay, at the end of the film, there's a big action sequence where he, he's doing it. But actually for most of the film, he's sort of like a silent assassin type and he basically hides silent 
Well, until the murdering happens. So he sort of right. goes to the villain, like a villain or a henchman or something. They just need the toilet during their shift and they accidentally mm. go and sit on him. And so then when they go to flush, nice. they're gone. They're gone. That's pretty good, man. What would be, who would be the hero? Who would be the, it just, it'd have to be someone that can block a toilet, which is a shame. <laughs> this isn't really the sort of humor I like to indulge in, John, but the villain would have to be, no, the hero would have to be uh, some sort of toilet blocker. So a big plunger. No, because that's unblocking the no, toilet. No, plunger would be on his side. <laughs> Can't he be the hero and Elon Musk is the villain and he's making massive turds to try and block this toilet? Excellent. And he's just turning everything into a poo and throwing it at the toilet. <laughs> and then his, we've got a Batman and Robin scenario and Robin is, the Robin-esque character is a plunger who comes in at the last minute to clear the blockage just so that he can suck Elon down. Let's move on. I hate that we're talking this sorry, much about sorry, poo. Sorry. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. How about this one from Khan? This one hasn't got a title, but it is a, uh, it's an idea. It's a horror film about a guy. And every time he sees a crab, it's bigger than the last crab that he saw. <laughs> and the horrifying consequences that will have. Now, I, I know how this was workshopped by Khan. Originally, it was a dog, but he decided there's just too many dogs. And that within yeah. about 20 minutes, there'd be a dog bigger than the universe. If, <laughs> you know, he went to the park. <laughs> if you went to the park and every time you looked at a dog it was bigger than the dog before you would look once around the park and then like a Godzilla dogzilla sized dog would be uh, just marching through the city so he settled on a crab which I think is pretty good because I don't know how many crabs you see in your life and I do think it would reach the point where you kind of notice I think you could reach kind of your teenage years before you even started to suspect that crabs were getting pretty big yeah and then one day you'd be walking past a restaurant where they've got like lobsters and crabs in the aquarium and one of them just busts out. Yeah, so it's, a, po think, it's a pond laying your eyes on the crab that it suddenly becomes bigger than the previous one you've seen. Yeah. <laughs> that is good. It's pretty good, isn't it? I like and, that. And I think obviously, ultimately, yeah, you, you spot a crab in a rock pool when you're like, I don't know, 30 years old and it emerges from the sea at like 100 foot tall. Like kaiju. 
Yeah. What would you do if, if John, every time you saw a crab, it was bigger than the last crab that you'd seen? Would you move inland? Would you gouge your eyes out? What would you do? I think so. You'd you the government would find out eventually, right? Yeah, or they, yeah. Just well, they always do. They they are so quick. The government are so quick to find people like this. What do you mean the government would find out? How would they I know? Just, I don't want to sound cr- like this. Crazy. One guy is always near the giant crab spot. <laughs> You could maybe use him in some sort of farming scenario where he like, you oh keep him gosh. in a hanger, yes. you keep him in a hanger and you clockwork orange's eyes open and you just walk in a tiny crab and then boom, the crab is a hundred foot 5, tall. They kill it and they use it to feed people. Yeah. And then it becomes more of an ethical quandary, I guess, because he's feeding 5,000 people with one crab. I like that. I think. Yeah, I think I like there that. Yeah. And eventually maybe it ends with him gouging his own eyes out. Imagine the pan you're using to cook that crab, though. It's pretty big. You could, you know, the number of the sheer number of crab sticks you could make. Well, yeah, uh, that's was that was my concern. Was if you go into a supermarket, like uh, are the dead crabs, do they count? Would you just? <laughs> you can't. No, you can't make a dead crab grow. Fine, because that, that's okay. That would actually solve your issue earlier about killing the the, the hundred foot crab. If actually yeah. they just bring a dead crab to him and it just then becomes a hundred foot. No, tall, no, no, it has to be alive. It has to be peril. It has to have giant pincers. It has to like tear through the roof. So yeah, I, I think I think it's a pretty solid idea. I think a crab is maybe the perfect animal for that scenario. And everything just, else you see too little. Everything else you see too much. Like imagine if it was wasps. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I that, would just li- I would horror. just stay inside. I would just stay inside a, d- a darkened room for the rest of my life. Yeah, but what I I'd I'd constantly try and get you on FaceTime with wasps. <laughs> but you would be on the other side of the call with those enormous wasps. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I didn't really think that through. It'd be a, the ultimate weapon. You'd answer the call all the time. And then you'd answer it. I'm like, John, look at this wasp, and then ah! <laughs> all of that's, a sudden there's just Yeah, that's a, I, a mega wasp. Yeah, the CIA would get me in and I they would basically get me to FaceTime people they want to bring down. Yes, near they would wasp. take a tiny wasp in a jar to like, yeah. you know, a, an enemy base, and then they would get you to FaceTime the wasp. <laughs> Madness! They would get you to FaceTime the wasp, and the wasp would become enormous. I don't know what happens after the wasp has taken everyone down. I don't know how they contain it. <laughs> yeah, Maybe point. they just hang up and forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that country's problem now. <laughs> Oh dear! Good well, stuff, man. Hey, John. How stuff. about you give me another idea, and then we do our ideas because we are we're, you know, we're we're rattling along here. Right. What about this one from Beck? The shape of Walter. Now, I had to do some googling of Walters because it's not a particularly common name. It's an no. American name, so we've got White. Is it? Well, it Walter feels White. like a, because of the responses I got. So you got Whitman, who I believe is like a an American poet. writer and poet. And poet. You, I think, the two big. You've got Disney. That's yeah, the other one I've got. And then there's a lot of American sports people who came up in my searches, like baseball and basketball players. Did uh, Walter Softy from the Beano not come up? <laughs> he did not. Did he, he not? He's a weird shape. Okay. That would Walter be good. Erasure. He is a weird shape, yeah. So the shape of Walter, is it... Okay, so it's a woman working in... I, I think I watched The Shape of Walter on a plane. Okay. I don't. I have very, very, very vague memories of it. She falls in love with a crab, and every time she sees it, its heart gets bigger <laughs> with love. Is that right? Pretty um, much. So, so she's working in a lab where they're trying to grow the perfect water. Okay. No, the name water is dying out. So they're creating a mega hunk called water in a lab in the hope that 
it will inspire a generation of parents to name their children Walter. And what's their incentive? Why do they want Walter to come back <laughs> it's so bad? being funded by Big Walter. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Yeah, the Walter Board. And they... Very good. Thank you. They, they're concerned about... This is actually... Right. Sorted. Got it. Done. Bob Iger is actually spending all of Disney's money Here trying to make sure the name Walt survives. Yes. Because it's not very popular anymore. And we've actually reached a point now where if you say Walt Disney, people don't even really recognize that as a name. Because Walt... It sounds alien. I'm sure if you said to Gen Z, Walt, they would think it was an abbreviation. They would think maybe it was some sort of cool new dance DJ, John. Walt, you know the yeah. dance DJ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and so they are trying to bring the name Walt back into the popular consciousness in a big lab. They create the perfect Walt and the lab mm. assistant falls in love and breaks Walt out. There you go. Are we happy with that? Or... <laughs> It's, no. I, think it's a, I think it's a cleaning person. What if it's a clip? Right, because it's in a lab and it's someone falling in love with some something they shouldn't and mm-hmm. it's called Walt. Why isn't it just that she happens to work at the place where um, Walt Disney's head is cryogenically frozen and she falls in love with Great, the- she falls in love with the cryogenically frozen head of Walt, of Walt Disney and breaks, breaks it out and they, run up, they go on the run. Yes. Like a Thelma and Louise situation. That's great. There we go. Good stuff. Hey, John, would you like one from me? Yes, please. Here's one from me. Floppenheimer. <laughs> Zack Snyder goes to extreme lengths to make sure his next movie is a box office smash. Ah, oh, that's it's good. About, so he, he's been down on his luck for so long. He gets given one final budget by a big studio. And the movie is about the the pressures. And it, and it has all of the close-up anguish shots that Oppenheimer has, but just of a man trying to make another film about Batman. And I assume he makes an incredibly enormous explosion as part of the film, right? Enormous, absolutely enormous. Bigger than the atomic bomb. It's bigger than the atomic bomb. <laughs> crazy stuff. That, it's the batomic bomb. Z- z- Zack Snyder, he's he's one of those crazy guys. What about this one from me? Fastidious, the red door. So that's insidious. Good. Yeah. I had to explain that because we didn't get the flush. You weren't going to get fastidious. <laughs> A ghost is obsessed with tidiness. Would be good. Imagine being haunted by someone who doesn't oh, tidy. That'd be so helpful. That'd be so helpful. Yeah. How much sort of horror would you put up with if the ghost also did all of the chores? <laughs> it's a good question. I would They do everything. John, they do everything. They clean they do a deep clean once a week. They do two to three sort of provisional cleans during the week. All of your washing is done. All of the washing up is done. I would say they cook two out of three meals a day, but <laughs> in the night there will be screaming and there will be kind of like the sounds of like death and murder and torture for maybe 10 minutes per night and the occasional like there'll be the occasional out of the corner of your eye you'll think your coat is a person you're not sure yeah a door might slam are you are you going are you doing that deal yeah i think so be weird when you have guests over (laughs) and also judging by this ghost i feel like they'd probably be happy for us to sort out a rotor so i'd be like can you do it at like five in the morning or something rather than sort of two Um, would you like the um the slogan for this film yes please it's things that go sell it bang in the night. <laughs> As I was going to say, when it's slamming that door, it's slamming the door because you've like put, you've left your socks by the bed or something. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it gets just annoyed because you start leaving the house in a fucking mess because <laughs> you know the ghost is going to. So the uh, the the more the harder the chores, the more horrifying the horror. Yeah, the screams. So you have to kind of find out the perfect equilibrium between the. I think it's a great idea. Thank you very much. What's well your favourite? Hey, What's your favourite? Hey, John, what was my favourite? I think I think it's the ever-increasing crab. Yeah, fair enough. Because it's kind of like a thought experiment, and I have been thinking about it non-stop for a week. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to think about that outside of this podcast. Listener, let us know what animal you would like to have increase every time you saw it. <laughs> every time you saw one. Don't get in touch if you're like a sheep farmer or something. That would be absolutely oh. horrifying. So well done, Con. It's the crab that gets bigger. And we need to leave, actually, John. <laughs> <laughs> we all know where this is going. I've just seen my 15th crab. <laughs> Well done, John. How are you doing? All good, thank you. Well, actually, I feel terrible if I'm being terrible. Yeah, you seem job. a bit poorly. I've um, went to a festival at the weekend with my son Ooh. and my partner and her family, and it was lovely, but very exhausting. And I think I've got festival flu or whatever you call it. You've got, so. the, you've got fresh as flu. you got the festival. I didn't think a sort of family-friendly festival with a child would give you you'd be on such a come down but fair play mate you managed to juggle <laughs> you, should, you should have seen what I, the, the, the narcotics that I was mixing this weekend it was nuts <laughs> the cowpole um, the cowpole you were downing <laughs> um, yeah so it was lovely saw some bands had a lovely well time saw Mel C I sent Joel I sent Joel messages saying would not recommend seeing Mel C and then yeah do you know what's really funny is that I think you must have been in a bit of a signal black hole because all eight messages came through in the same minute <laughs> so it, well obviously you were Living you it at were the watch, time. You were watching the set and living it and sort of live blogging it by saying, wouldn't recommend watching Mel C. Oh, wait, no, she's doing this song, she's doing this song. But because they came through at speed, it was like Mel C was doing a five-minute mega mix of all of the classics. <laughs> it was like you were getting 10 seconds of uh, Ziga Ziga and then moving on. <laughs> it was, uh, no, it sounds great. Is there any pop culture you would like to recommend? The Women's World Cup. I've been watching the Women's World Cup. It's great. I would say I'm really enjoying it. I just watched Spain be brilliant and I'm excited that there's football on every day. Amazing. There's my recommendation. The Women's World Cup. And it's it's probably a pretty good time for you, John. There's a lot of games at 6am, a lot True. of games at 8am. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, you know, that's kind of halfway through the day for you. So there's, um, <laughs> when you're having your lunch at 6am, you could watch Japan versus Costa Rica. I would like to recommend a podcast called The Retrievals. You may have heard of it. It's um, the new one from Serial and the New mm. York Times. I... Place a big trigger warning on it, though, because it's about a scandal at a f- fertility clinic. So, listener, if that sounds like something you would definitely not be interested mm. in listening to, do not. It is very delicately done, but, you know, obviously, you know, look after yourselves. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth listening to if that doesn't sort of concern you. Really good. Nice. Awesome. I'll give it a listen. Well, yeah, well done, John. We'll do this again, I reckon, next week. It's a deal. It's a date. It's a... See you there, listener. Else. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. Follow us on social media. Then... You'll be the best listener.